Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, has anyone been eliminated from the Red Raider big board? Has any progress been made? And what rumor possibly had legs? Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan coming to you on a Monday afternoon on the road. Uh, I'll say Level, maybe parts unknown myself. Uh, parts known to myself, but not known to others. So chop <laughs> that up, make it make sense. But Chris, a few hours have evaporated on Monday. We've seen some seasons obviously come to an end as the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is now in the books. So we're just hitting the hot sheet once again and catching up on where we are. And I, I don't know necessarily that there's any reason to expect just a boatload of clarity now that you might not have had going into the weekend. But where do we sit as uh, some timelines have freed up for some head coaches here or there? And, of course, Texas Tech still feels that pressing sense of urgency uh, to get something done um, as as soon as is reasonable, I guess. Yeah, Cowan, I, I, I think uh, I think you're getting closer. Uh, that That is my uh, sneaking suspicion here. I, I don't know if you have a favorite yet, but I do think you're you're able to kind of eliminate uh, some some candidates and kind of hone in a bit. I do I do still think that that talks have probably even happened uh, today with with one or more candidates. Um, I, I think it's important for you to know, like as you did, that that some of these some of these guys that we have been talking about. You know, Paul Mills, for example, at Oral Roberts, their season is over with. Uh, Randy Kennedy, excuse me, Randy Bennett. I keep doing that. I, I, that's the second time I've done that with you. Randy Bennett's season uh, at St. Mary's is over with. Uh, Andy Kennedy, uh, how about we'll, we'll do we'll do that. That's the correct uh, name. He, you know, his, his season, I think, is still ongoing. They play in the NIT on Wednesday, as does Grant McCaslin. Uh, he plays on Tuesday, so that would be uh, tomorrow night. And so their seasons could – and if they win, if either one of those programs win those games, they're going to be playing well into next week, which those games are in Las Vegas. They will have reached the NIT semifinals and those kinds of things. So uh, just just make note of that. Now, if if one or both of those guys are remaining – um, candidates, and I do think that at least Grant McCaslin is, but I'm not going to be surprised if Andy Kennedy is more involved than we kind of we kind of think too. Uh, the UAB head coach, former coach at Ole Miss, I, I, I think that you could easily visit with them, get something done, all those things, you know, a- after their games this week, even if they do win them, and maybe just the public doesn't become aware of it until until whenever it is would would be deemed appropriate uh but you know as far as you know uh bennett uh as far as mills 
as far as, um, you know, the, the, the Steve Alfords, you know, obviously and Rick Pitino is a name that got brought up initially. He has inked a, a six-year deal with St. John's. Nobody is shocked with that news. He was never really involved here, I don't think. I think he was always, you know, pointed toward the St. John's job. Uh, Ed Cooley has left Providence for Georgetown, so now Providence is open. None of that really should affect you at all. Uh, Wichita State is open, and it's it's widely thought that Chris Jans of Mississippi State, their season is over. Uh, he coached there before that I think he's going to have some level of interest in that job where they'll have uh, a level of interest in him. And then there's the, the the wild card of James Borrego, the former NBA head coach that you know coached the – uh, the Charlotte Hornets, and was a part of the Orlando Magic and, and San Antonio per, Spurs organizations, uh, is available to kind of, uh, you know, you know, talk to you and, and all those things. So that's kind of, uh, you know, the the list uh, that that I would be aware of that you know either either Tech is or or these candidates are interested in, you know, that you would think there's some mutual interest in several of these guys. Uh, but is there is there somebody else that we're not aware of that we haven't brought to light yet? Good question, and I wouldn't rule that out either. Uh, but that's kind of where things stand. So with that, I'll turn it over to you and uh, and ask you what direction you want to go from from that. Well, I'm just wondering uh, to a certain degree, and this it may be still too early uh, in the process to even ask this question, but. I'm curious timeline-wise, do you think there's been anybody that Texas Tech has truly explored that now is down the road in the sense that either they've they've passed or this guy's gone somewhere else? Because, you know, like the Patino stuff and, and some stuff in that category, I, I don't know what that was. I don't know that there was like some exploration and then either party moved on. I don't know if that ever even actually happened or it's just like tweets that are out there in the ether, but do you know of anybody that, that Texas Tech has really taken a hard look at and either crossed them on the list by their own decision or by the fact that this guy has taken a job somewhere else? Mike Bray is an example. I, don't, I just pulled that totally out of thin air. But the former, former ND coach, now yes. USF coach all of a sudden. Anybody you think that maybe fits that bill? And, and, and if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying, is there anybody they looked at that they are no longer looking at? Is that yeah? Just like, have yeah. we actually made any progress, or have we still just kind of been in a holding pattern, waiting for some seasons maybe to come to an end? I I, I think you're still somewhat in that process. Uh, I I think mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet though, as today has gone along, I'd be willing to bet they're getting much much closer to what you're what you're suggesting okay. and and kind of honing in um look I, I don't pretend to know uh everything that's gone on here i don't i, I you know i i talk to plenty of people plenty of people call me and just offer things up i i don't i haven't heard near as much about the the chris jans or the paul mills as much as i've heard about grant mccaslin uh about randy bennett and about possibly james borrego but that doesn't mean those are th those are like three finalists. It just means I just haven't you know heard as much. And I think Andy Kennedy a bit of a wild card, if I'm being honest. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. It sounds like Chris, you've continued to uh, maybe just remind us to to not move on from him, regardless of how you feel about it. I, I know that there's been reaction all over out there from Tech fans, but I, I've just noticed that you've 
pretty consistently, it seems like since we began this conversation, uh, reminded us to not not fall asleep on Andy Kennedy, possibly. And that's got to be for a reason, I guess. Yeah. And, and I, cause I think he's interested in this job. And I, I do mm. think there's probably enough interest on your side of it that where you either have or, or will talk to him or, or whoever represents him. I, I do think that is, that's why, you know, and, and I, and I haven't mentioned the name of Barrett Peary. I think he's involved at some level. I, I don't know if, if it's, as a potential staff member or if it's a potential head coaching candidate, but I, I wouldn't rule that name out either just because of well, his ties here. And can I ask and, you a question related to that, Chris, because you sure. just, you just touched on it right there. I know when coaching changes happen, fans like to begin to fit their favorite pieces together <laughs> that maybe right. previously have no connection whatsoever. And you're like, well, just keep this guy and this guy we like, and the new guy will love them too. And we'll bring back this guy we liked for a new head coach possibly it's more the assistant thing i'm interested in here in my question with barrett peary is that is that a real thing does that actually have some legs that there's like a possibility that he, he could serve as an assistant in that capacity for a different head coach is he kind of head coach or bust category because i know there's attraction for him uh to texas tech but i just wonder is it hc or nothing or do you think there's some reality to maybe a chance of him being a piece of another head coach's puzzle but first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket has arrived. I know you got your favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite and maybe be a winner in the process. You know, I'm voting for that churro, baby. Team churro 2023. Let me know where you're at at BuiltMarchMadness.com. When you vote for your favorite bar puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. And not only that, but one Locked On fan is going to get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your doorstep. You can't beat that. you got to try Built right now. If you haven't before, Built is the best protein bar ever for real, so amazing, you're not even going to think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? For starters, all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff, churro like me, or go your own way. And pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick at BuiltMarchMadness.com with Barrett Peary. Is that is that a real thing? Does that actually have some legs that there's like a possibility that he, he could serve as an assistant in that capacity for a different head coach? Is he kind of head coach or bust category? Because I know there's attraction for him uh, to Texas Tech, but I just wonder, is it HC or nothing? Or do you think there's some reality to maybe a chance of him being a piece of another head coach's puzzle? Well, and, and let's answer it this way. Anybody that we have sat here and talked about as a head coaching candidate, and I wouldn't rule Barrett out as that at all. I, I would say he's in the mix there at some level. Um, but he, he's also somebody that could fit in because, you know, and again, the main thing, if I'm, if I'm on this committee, and again, they may have a whole completely different set of criteria or something they're looking for or there's something that they're, they're trying to, to weigh heavily more than the other. But my main thing would be, you know, how, how can we get players here and then who can coach them 
Uh, because this is a big boy league. We know this. This league is actually getting harder, not easier, with with the influx of new teams. I mean, go look at University of Houston. Um, I think if you're talking about adding Gonzaga to this league, my point is that this is going to be a, a very difficult basketball league going forward, even when Texas and Oklahoma depart. My point is, is that you've got to have some level of knowledge of this league or this state or this place and being able to recruit to it. And I can't pretend to know what any of these guys are saying about who they could bring with them from a staff standpoint. I think that a lot of people have connected the dots on, on coach Peary because one, he had the most to do with recruiting the freshman class. I think what that was pop. That was Lamar Washington. That was Robert Jennings. I think he's got, he's the one that I think it was heavily involved in Bacho coming here I think there's a lot of ties to a lot of the guys that were on the team this past year. And so I think what, what people have maybe even correctly connected the dots is that if you're one of these guys and you can have somebody like this or Al Pinkins or both uh, next to you, then I think that goes a long way in your candidacy. That it, it would to me at least. But there's probably other names out there assistant coaching-wise that we don't know who they are, that, that some of these individuals may be – talking about or would bring with them but that's a big component to you selling yourself and why you would be really good at this job is who you would surround yourself with because look I think I think Chris Beard was a phenomenal coach and I think one of the best things that he did was he surrounded himself with really really good people and when I started being around Chris Ogden and Al Pinkins and Brian Berg and and some of the guys that uh, that were around whenever you were you were hitting high notes, and Mark Adams too. Whenever he was, you know, a, a, the defensive coordinator, or whatever, you start to see this is why that's working. It's not just Beard, but it's Beard his ability to surround himself with really, really good people. The Sean Sutton component, I mean, all that stuff, it hit the right notes. And so, what what are those answers for a lot of these guys that we're sitting here talking about? And that's up to the committee to decide who who would be able to surround themselves with key pieces. But I think it's, it's very fair for fans or even us to suggest, you know, Hey, th these are some key pieces. At least I would look at. And I think that you're not, we're not playing fantasy coaching search here. We're, we're, we're just, I think trying to connect dots and you're trying to put, cause I, th I think Barrett Perry never wanted to leave here. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think that's, that's very fair. Um, you and know, there were to, a lot apparently that didn't want very, Barrett Perry to leave here. You're, you're exactly right. And I don't think Al Pinkins wants to either. I've even heard that I can't say that it's true or not, but I've even been told that there is something in Al Pinkins' old Miss contract or, or will be in his contract that if he were to be retained here, he can get out of whatever situation he is, is in, in Oxford. I can't. Hold yeah. up, hold yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised you'd even mention his name because I thought the ship, Chris, was as they say, sailed. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And and I, I, I'm not sitting here telling you that I can confirm that. I have just been told yeah. that, that that is a pretty strong rumor out there. But again, uh, is that accurate? Uh, but part of me would think that would be a bit far-fetched that, that a guy like Coach Beard would go for something like that. However, that 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 would be in Al's best interest because I could tell you for a 100% fact, 
he does not want to move his family away from Lubbock, Texas. And, and I was on a conversation with somebody the other day. It's funny. It's funny how you hear people dog on Lubbock, make fun of it, this and that, or like, why would they want to go live there? And you get, you get certain coaches. I think, I think Perry and Pinkins are two great examples of that. They never wanted to leave here. They would have stayed here for as long as, as people would have had them again, if it made sense for them professionally. However, there's things that happen that are totally out of their control. And I think they, they may end up having to leave or did leave or whatever, but it just, you know, it, it's just, I, I think it's, th those are two great examples of guys that absolutely loved everything about this place, the community, the fan base, the school, the program, all of it, it checked all the boxes. And so uh, we'll just kind of see what happens, but that's why I bring some of that stuff up Cowan, just because I think that those are key components to all these candidates that I think are important to note. And they're, they're unknowns to us. We don't know. I don't, I have no idea who, who somebody like Randy Bennett is saying, well, I would love this job and, and I would bring X, Y, and Z here with me. And we, we would, we would crush it, you know, and that's assuming that Randy Bennett has actually talked to them. I just know his name has been heavily rumored, but you get what I'm saying and insert any name here. And, and, and I, I that's one of the first questions that I would be curious about because that's, what's going to largely, decide whether you this ship you know sinks or sails uh, with, with whoever you hire is who they surround themselves with and how good of a job that, that that the head coach can manage and and all those things yes and i we, we got off into a little bit of a tangent on some specific guys there assistant wise and uh pinkins is in a different category than Perry, and we don't even know what category Perry's in and we don't know if either of those guys will ever wear a shirt with a double t on it again but it's really interesting right now, given some of the context of some immediate return with personnel that may or may not want to be a part of programs that involve those guys versus, well, the opposite of that. And I also think that's very dangerous, Chris, because you've certainly got to be careful with being at the mercy of, of the immediate return, which is still very much unknown in and of itself. When you're talking about players that were a part of a 500 basketball team, you got to be very careful about being at the mercy of that with your head coach selection versus say a bigger picture word to Chris Walker and Keith Frazier. I mean, we've seen plenty of examples, uh, you know, go ahead. Well, Cowan, I, I was told this, uh, recently, and I think that your example is a great one, but I was told that look, cause everybody you, you're kind of, you, you're sensing some urgency. Uh, I don't want to call it impatience, but people are very, curious about this search right now and i they feel like okay it's it's we we've been at it for a little over a week and okay when are we going to get some closure and and it's going to really start to freak people out when you start to see player movement going on and and if that involves some of your kids uh that that's going to you know again create a, a level of you just feel vulnerable Okay, right. I think that's a great way to, to put it. As a Texas Tech basketball fan, you don't know who's over there minding the store. You don't know who's talking to your current players. You, there's just a sense of vulnerability with it. But I, I was told, and I think this is a, such a good point, by somebody that's been through this a million times, and they said, you cannot make a decision, you know, and rush it because even if it's if even if it costs you a player or two or three because it's just not worth it you've got to try to find the right guy and if it takes 
48 extra hours or 72 extra hours or a full week longer than, than you would, you would, you know, care for, then that's what it takes. And you have to have the stomach to, to deal with kind of the awkwardness of getting to the end, even if it takes you some extra days, because let, let's look at it. Look, you didn't like two years ago, you didn't add Bryson Williams until I think it was June. I, I'm not even sure if, uh, uh, you added Kevin O'Banner. It may have been June or July. Uh, you know, so th- there's really good players out there e- e- in March and in April and May and even in the summer, uh, you know, in those summer months. So you just have to be really careful about, and, and I know some of your current guys are probably what you're most concerned about, but you just can't rush into anything uh for fear that you may lose one or three of them or whatever, or maybe even more, you have to find the right guy, whoever that is. And then, and feel very comfortable about it. And even if it costs you a player or three, like I said, so, uh, you you know, so I, I think that because nothing against Chris, uh, Walker, but I mean, you know, we were, we were so bad back then. Texas tech basketball was just a joke back then. And you're like, Holy cow. This kid is a really good recruit. Let's drop everything we're doing and let's hire this guy because he can get this player. And I don't know if that would have been the best move at the time. And and it wasn't the move that was made. And Keith Frazier ended up being at what SMU and a couple of different places. And he wasn't, he wasn't the next NBA guy. So that that's a great example that you bring up. Well, it's almost a laughably extreme example of what we're alluding to here. Uh, but that's why I use it because there's some humor to it and how oh, yeah. poorly it went on the <laughs> other side for Frazier as a college basketball player. And it wasn't really anything against Walker, but yeah, it it's just, uh, it's not something you want to do, or I should say it's something you've got to obviously uh, weigh in a very judicious uh, kind of approach because you've got a, you've got a precious opportunity here and I, I don't care. Uh, who says what about the job, but we know firsthand the job can yield great success uh, if you've got the right approach and you've got the right attitude. And I think those coaches are out there. And, oh, by the way, what you're taking over is one that is as well-resourced as it's ever been uh, in the history of its existence. So I'm certainly uh, feeling like, Chris, you've you've got a reason to be patient and you've got a reason, again, to be very methodical in sorting this out. So not suggesting in in any way that uh, you're late to the punch or, you know, the time is running out or anything like that. We all want to see resolutions. So I, like a lot of other Red Raider fans, uh, I would guess impatient just for that resolution. But I think you have to understand also why uh, you want to make very, very good use of your time here because of the opportunity that you do have uh, when it comes to what your basketball program can provide to a head coach or uh, to anybody interested in success in college basketball before we get out of here chris because that was a whole lot the process there i'm gonna need some time so let's get out of here but before we get out of here can i ask you this question traveling back to oxford mississippi because i've heard a few things in the winds along the lines of chris beard were there any legs to the possibility of chris beard returning to lubbock texas but first today's episode brought to you by america's number one sports book FanDuel. And now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, become a new customer because new customers get that no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything 
from the money line, point scores, three points drained if basketball is your thing, or all points in between. Underwater basket weaving, anyone. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with that <laughs> same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Along the lines of Chris Beard, were there any legs to the possibility of Chris Beard returning to Lubbock, Texas? I, I think uh, anybody that were to suggest to you that he didn't want this opportunity when it became available uh, has zero idea what they're talking about. He was very interested in it. I just think <laughs> that there was – and he, he also, I believe, understood that there, there was some just too much to work through, whether it, it was off the court, the, the issues that he's been dealing with legally, or whether it was just the the – the, the ill will feelings. yeah the feelings, feelings. yeah whatever <laughs> but i mean i i i would tell you that you know if, if we were sitting here talking about him as your next head coach i mean the last thing what i would have been worried about was if you were going to win or lose or not and i know you're sitting here trying to find out you know who who can bring in yeah. here that who you can win with well, if you'd have brought him in here, you would have won. But it's complicated with him, you know. For <laughs> yeah, for all the all the other stuff, and and I and I hate that, and I certainly understand Tech's stance there. I think that that was probably the the smart thing to do. But if you're saying who would have been the best fit here and who would have won, I mean, geez, man, that's a no brainer. I mean, he, you he done did it. Yeah, you done yeah, did it. yeah. That's right. And I well, think. And I he, think- Chris, even beyond the page six stuff of, of what he's got going on personally, the mere thought of a return after an exit from Lubbock to Austin is really hard to conceive of. But I, I was interested to ask you that question because I, I thought I was hearing some things that were based uh, in reality. And I was a little taken aback by that because I, I probably would have told you no how, no way because of that ill will and obviously it didn't happen so it was essentially no how no way but it seemed like maybe there was a little bit more uh, openness to it on a couple of fronts than i anticipated yeah i i, I you know and, and i i'm sure it probably took him a a lot to like go hey man i'd love to come back uh, i mean yeah. you know just because of how it left and people's feelings here um and 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 he knows this this is a good job i just think he wanted to go back to his alma mater and you know felt like and, and he's never stayed any one place uh, for very long, the longest stint he's ever had professionally was, you know, here as an assistant coach. But but really, since then, it's it's you know it's it's you you kind of take something over, you fix it, turn it around, and and away you go to the next thing. And um, you know, and I, I would never rule that out in the future. Uh, but yeah, that that's all I can tell you. But th- there's going to be a lot of familiarity on that on that staff in Oxford. There's going to be a lot of people on that sideline that I think a lot of people recognize. Whether Al Pinkins is or is not a part of that, as as we talked about earlier, I don't I don't know for sure. But Brian Berg has already been hired. I have a healthy respect for uh, for Coach Berg. Um, and, and, and there'll be other familiar faces that are rumored to, to join them too, that if you pay close attention to your programs, whether it's graduate assistants or strength coaches or, 
whatever that could be uh, involved at some level too down the line. But th- that's still in its infancy. But yeah, I think uh, I think you bring up uh, an interesting point, and hopefully, I, I addressed it correctly. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate the perspective there, and uh, a lot to process uh, within that answer as well. A whole lot to take in as we're continuing to bide our time until some resolution. And as far as familiar names that could be there in Oxford, Chris Beard, if you touch Rick Gilbert. If you touch, if you even look in his direction. All right. Plenty to process. So let's get out of here, Chris. Thanks for uh, dealing with me on the fly as we are on the road again. And uh, we're back with you in the same cut coming up on the other side. Stand by because the situation remains fluid. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far. So you miss nothing. We are going to set our sights, however, presuming something doesn't change significantly between then and now on spring football coming up on the next edition. So join us then. Hope you will on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Chris, thanks for the time, man. Absolutely. Keep hope alive. People will talk to you down the road. You got it. And after making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen, make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. Brand new Locked On Network podcast experts. Isaac Shea and Andy Patton are bringing you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you're going to hear from coaches, players throughout the nation. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts for your second listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you for the next one on Locked On Texas Tech.